are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. MyTalk1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon reminding you what we do here on The Mom Show. Some days, as a human being, it is all you can do to be in charge of yourself as a human mm-hmm. being and your small chil- human, children, human beings, and you still don't have time to get everything done. Not, so not even we, close. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, how did I manage to leave the house? Good for me. Yes. So we are doing some things to help you sleep at night, to actually mm-hmm. have some downtime in your existence by having a rotating panel of experts that come in and share some great information with you and, and take away a lot of that worry. And so I, yes. excellent at that whole plan is our good friend Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas. You do a lot to actually ease the worry that oh, people might be dealing with. You know, that's that's what this is all about, is really helping to educate people, to meet with people, and to help them move forward with their lives instead of just being paralyzed by fear. Right. Because we just, we don't talk about the nuts and bolts of how the law impacts our lives, and everyone assumes they know what's going on because exactly. they watch television or they heard from a friend. Right. But so often that information just leads us down a wrong path or right. worse yet a dead end right because the information just isn't accurate and information can just be powerful and freeing and really give you the tools you need to just make good decisions for yourself right and Deanne a lot of what do you end up uh, the knowledge that you give people a lot of it is so that they can not sit there and go I already know the answer so yeah. I'm just steeped in despair it's oh. like you're like you've already decided what the outcome of something will be yeah. based upon some misinformation oh you know what it is so common when people come into my office they, they say, look, I, I know how this is going to go. Right. I know that this is, is all going to be bad, but somebody convinced me to come in and talk to you, or I just thought I would check. And when I'm able to really explain how a lot of these processes work uh, and really what the nuts and bolts look like and that all of the garbage you may be hearing from your ex or your spouse uh, is just not true. Right. It's information that they're conveying to you in a way to try to keep you powerless keep you under their control and keep you fearful right because when you're fearful people are paralyzed and you don't act right and you are more likely to do what is in the best interest of the person who has you scared yes right always mm-hmm. always always and so information is truly power um, and every opportunity that we have to get out and kind of spread information to really help to empower people and get everybody out of your caves and out of your fear right right get, you know as much as it's nice to cuddle in a blanket don't you know pull that head out <laughs> exactly the sometimes you have to come out i know the lights seem a little bright but right. you will get accustomed right, right. <laughs> but you can do it i i have the privilege of working with uh some other people and associate with the mom show we were just over at bloomington kennedy high school oh, wonderful doing a speak a speech about how we deal with this and moving kids into college and legal issues and financial issues they need to worry about uh we do a lot of community outreach to right. try to really help people understand 
what it is to be a human in America and and really express your rights and your liberties. And we are going to do a great job giving some people some foundational information today. And we want to remind everybody that our friend Deanne is a lawyer and this information may sound like it applies to you, but it is not specific legal advice for you. This is general information. We're going to answer some common questions, but we do encourage you to make sure that you look for your own counsel and not be afraid to go and ask these questions yourself with somebody specifically for you. Right. I can promise you that when you make that phone call, when you make the appointment to go in and talk to somebody, you're going to be scared because right. you're going to you're not going to know what you're going to hear. And there may be a lot of fear holding you back from doing it. But really and truly getting specific information about your situation is critical. Right. Because often little things that you think are not important or you've already kind of cast aside as not being really vital to what's going on in your life can make all of the difference when we're coming back and really looking at it from the perspective of a legal issue. Right. So get, get to in front of somebody, talk to people, talk to more than one person. If the first lawyer you meet with is not communicating with you in a way that you feel comfortable or isn't answering your questions, talk to somebody else. Right. And we want to remind people, we talk about that on with all of our partners here yeah. on The Mom Show, between you and our health providers, it's okay to go we aren't on the same wavelength. And so I think that as human beings, we go, Mm -hmm. this person knows more about X than I do. So clearly I have to stay here. Or if they're talking down to me or saying things the way I don't understand, then you're just going to go, well, that's because I don't know. You know, and that's not the case with as it is with so many professions, you know, lawyers, we all get the same degree. We right. all pass the same test. That does not mean we are the same people. Right. Or that we practice the same or we have the same value system about how we help people. Lawyers have the reputation that we do for a reason. Yeah, right. True. Oh, right, my goodness enough, gracious. I could sit here and tell you stories for the rest of the hour about yeah. the bad ones. Right. And you've been doing this for 24 years. So you have yeah. come across the ups and the downs uh, so you know, many. throughout all of your practice. So many, so much of those ups and downs, 24 years. And then, I, gosh, I've been doing this uh, or working in a legal field since I was 16 years old. So I, you know, I've seen a you get lot. It. I've, I, and I get it. And I understand the fear people have from just that lack of information. Right. And uh, there is nothing that feels better in my day than to be explaining something to somebody and watching their eyes light up. And to see that hope, that glimmer of hope in the in their mind just kind of light up behind their eyes. And you can see, wow, this is really life-changing for right. them. And today we're going to do Divorce 101, a yeah. situation that I wish we did not have to continue to talk about. But it is something that happens often it as is. we have, are transitioning through um, relationships. You know, myself included, one mm-hmm. of those people that have gone through that. And, and just going, okay... As you are going through the process, there is a lot of twists and turns and things that yeah. are very particular to your scenario that you're yeah. going, okay, I went into this, like even when, you know, my particular journey that I've talked to you about before, Deanne, mm-hmm. it was, it changed a lot and evolved throughout the process. Yes. And so that happens with a lot of people, I'm sure. That That is every dissolution case that ever existed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe f- save for one, I had one where the quickest divorce I ever did was 23 hours from when I met well, my goodness. client <laughs> till 23 hours the next day later. Um, that didn't really have a lot of ups and downs. Okay. Everybody kind of came to the table knowing what they wanted to do and we were able to get it processed processed rather quickly. Fair enough. Good for them. But Mm -hmm. most divorces have ups and downs, not just with information, but with control issues, with fears, with hopes. Uh, And it's a process. And it's about adjusting to that process and understanding not just where you're at, 
but what's coming up that makes the process so much more bearable right. than it is already is because it's it's going to be difficult no matter what. Even if you feel like you're both doing the right thing for yeah. one another, it yeah. does. it's still a time of loss. Yeah. Right? Right. You're still grieving. You're still going to go through those symptoms. And when you deal with those grief symptoms, you may find that one of the two spouses is weeks or months ahead of the other one right and has already kind of made the decision and left the relationship well ahead of the other one understanding what was going on right so dealing with a dissolution proceeding when people are in two different sometimes very different psychological stages Mm -hmm. really adds to some of that conflict right well when we are having our initial conversations about divorce i think we kind of go okay we heard that word before we know what it means but what does it mean here in minnesota so in minnesota and and this is important to talk about it just as minnesota because every state has different laws to control how you get divorced okay right so in minnesota we are a no-fault state okay that means that nobody has to have done anything wrong in order to be entitled to get a divorce okay it simply has to be that you believe just you that there are irreconcilable differences that prevent you from moving forward with the marriage. Right. And what is critical here is it only takes one of you to believe that it's irreconcilable. Okay. If the other spouse comes back and says, oh, no, I think we can reconcile. I think we can work it out. We can do this. The court's going to say, well, thank you. But she or he believes that this is irreconcilable. And so we're moving forward. Fair enough. Right. And so it really does um allow both of you to feel like you have some control over your own destiny but at the same time the court's not going to make someone stay in a marriage right if they don't want to and is it different you said a lot of things are different from state to state are there places where you may have heard nope you both have to want to leave yeah well both have to want to leave or you have to be able to prove that there was some infidelity right or you have to prove that there was some sort of fraud in the marriage that entitles you to get a divorce or else you have to stay married right Uh, minnesota doesn't have a waiting period but some states do Mm -hmm. that once you file you have to wait a certain period of time before you can really move forward or once you've got the entire dissolution completed there's a waiting period on the back end right not true in minnesota again Going back to the uh, divorce I did in 23 hours, they were still living together at the time, um, and we were able to get it done. Okay. Um, For folks, uh, you don't have to be physically separated. You can still be living in the same home. You uh, are not required to go to counseling or attempt reconciliation first. Uh, The courts really want to make sure that people understand that we are treating your marriage a little bit like a corporation. Fair enough. We're looking at it from a perspective of... What exists in your world, all of your stuff, all of your debts, all of the things that you have touched or gathered as a married couple. And now we're going to take that and we're going to start to divide those things up between the two of you without pointing fingers, without assessing fault and without adjusting that division of property based upon feelings that either of you have about the other one well today throughout the mom show we are doing divorce 101 courtesy of our friend deanne doulas from sheridan and doulas when we get back where are we going to follow up with next well i really think we're going to start to move sort of into the financial issues uh when we're talking about financial support issues especially there's a lot of misinformation out there um and it occurs uh, repeatedly that people just they stay frozen in their relationships 
because of their fear of those financial outcomes. Right. And you also have some questions. You can be part of the mom show. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Sheridan and Dulas's Deanne Dulas. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. Remind you uh, near the end of the show how to get a hold of Deanne Dulas and her team over at Sheridan Dulas. But an easy way to do that, you can always go to their website. So it's SSDPA.com. That's SSDPA.com. And you can call them at 651 686 8800. We always put all that information on our mom show page. But we've been doing Divorce 101. And, you know, as someone who's gone through this, it is just a learning curve. And I remember thinking before I had gotten my attorney at the time, Mm -hmm. again, a lot of the things that you brought up this morning is there's a lot of, oh, it's going to be this way. And I saw this on TV and, and, you know, for us, we got married in Texas, but we lived here and we're like, Mm -hmm. this is going to complicate everything. And do we go by our rules or their rules? And what are we going to have to, I remember us thinking, oh, we're going to have to move back to Texas for six months or something like that. Right. Right. So, right. No, and I'm no. like, how are we going to do that? I have to quit my job and move back to Texas just so I can get a divorce? No, <laughs> okay. but those things do happen, right? Okay. So when you're, if you've been in Minnesota for a period of six months, 180 okay. days, Minnesota has jurisdiction to divorce you. Okay. And so if you've lived elsewhere your entire marriage, but you've been here for six months, Minnesota has jurisdiction to complete that divorce process gotcha what what you want to be careful of is that once the divorce is done if you keep moving you need to come back to minnesota to continue those uh bits of litigation until minnesota releases you but otherwise if you're here and you're in minnesota for six months this is the place where it would happen all right well we are going over divorce 101 we appreciate you being part of the mom show at the number 651-641-1071 jennifer thank you for holding you have a comment for deanne Hi, yes, I do. Um, something uh, my friend in Michigan told me about um, was that if you stayed married for 10 years, then you can qualify for your uh, husband's Social Security if you never marry again. And while it seems a bit antiquated, I asked my ex-husband, you know, I said, hey, are you willing to do this? And he said, sure. And so even if he remarries in the event of his death, I would qualify for his social security benefits and because he made the money primarily. Yeah. So I thought that was something I had never heard of. And I was so thankful that my friend uh, chewed me onto it. So, and that is actually a rule that isn't one of the few that isn't governed state by state. That's actually a federal law related to social security benefits. And so if you've been married for a certain period of time, you can get benefits under your spouse's social security number even though they were the you weren't working and they were the one making more money there are rules that uh, talk about how you qualify for those some of those if you get your annual statements they used to come in the mail four pages that talked about your social security benefits they'll have information there you can also go online to the social security administration and just search uh, for spousal benefits and that will give you more information about what you need to do to qualify what those rules look like and at what point uh, remarrying somebody else interferes with those uh, benefits but yeah that's a great point thank you hey thank you Jennifer. jennifer 
And it is interesting that you go, okay, how do I follow up with this? What applies to me? And again, just like yeah. Jennifer just said, I wouldn't have never thought to ask that question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there, and there's very few things that are, are covered state to state. Right. Uh, Social Security is one of them. Another one deals with retirement benefits okay. under ERISA, which is a federal statute. If you are married to your spouse and they earn retirement benefits, we can take those pre tax dollars and roll them over into your name into a qualified account without incurring any taxes. Okay. So you may think, well, my my husband's got this giant 401k and I've never had a 401k. You know how I'm going to have him take that money out and give it to me. Right. If that happens, if you remove the money from the 401k, that is a taxable event and you lose a ton of dollars from that. Mm -hmm. But if you roll it over through a, a process called qualified domestic relations order, which is probably more detailed than you guys want this morning. Um, <laughs> never, never. Right. We, it's a way that we can actually transfer wealth in retirement dollars from the spouse who was collecting it into the name of the spouse who wasn't without creating a taxable event and giving you a nest egg that you can rely upon in retirement. And the other thing that's always good about going, all right, I'm going to talk to someone else about the scenario is I think it takes the, am I being in air quotes, fair? Yeah. You know, am I entitled to this? Should I be able to do it? And I think sometimes you go, oh, well, I feel bad asking or they get to tell me no. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk to a neutral party that can tell you what the actual rule yeah. of law is helps a lot. I'm sure to take care of to, you know, just dissuade all that guilt. Oh, there mm-hmm. there is a ton of guilt associated with divorce a, a million different right. ways. Um, we couldn't we couldn't do that in an hour that show. Right. But it's really under important to understand that fair is like beauty. Mm-hmm. What is fair is a little bit about being in the eye of the beholder. Right. And you have to re- recognize that the laws are created in a way to treat everyone equally. Yes. Right. And if you don't assert your rights under that. Uh, you're not going to be treated equally. Right. And so you really need to understand that even though you may not think, well, I didn't work for that, so I shouldn't get half of it. The state has defined that as fair. Right. Right. And we appreciate Jennifer calling. If you have a question, you can call us also at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071 for your questions and comments for Sheridan and Dulas's Deanne Dulas. We do have a couple of other things that we wanted to kind of go back to regarding the dramatic side of divorce mm -hmm. that you kind of know, you know, you go, this is one of those things I've seen and it's just the drama and the pageantry (laughs) of it, not the reality. One of the the big ones that we hear about or get a lot of questions about is this idea that people will say, I won't give you a divorce. Right. Right. You know, in the television show, they hand you the divorce papers and you say, you need to sign this. And they say, no, I won't give you a divorce. And then everyone's just stuck. And then there's some dramatic music and somebody flourishes out of the room. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. They might go to commercial at that (laughs) point. Who knows? Uh, but that's not true. In in Minnesota, there are basically a billion ways to get divorced. And they ultimately come down to the two of you agreeing about how that's going to work or us working through a process of negotiation to get to a place where we all can agree. Right. Or we get to a place where the judge starts to make some decisions for you. Right. And all of them work. 
But what's important to understand is that each of these ways of negotiating and cooperating are tools. There is no one size fits all for everybody. I get a lot of folks who think that, oh, well, we're not going to get lawyers yet. We're just going to go straight to mediation. Right. Mediation is an amazing tool. And there are really great mediators to deal with certain types of issues. And right. If you're working with a lawyer. We kind of know who the good mediators are for different issues. But if you start a mediation, you have to know that the mediator, even if they're a lawyer, can't give either of you legal advice. All right. They cannot tell you what to do. They can have a conversation and kind of manage and lead the conversation. Right. But they can't tell you what the right answer is and they don't get to decide. Right. So imagine going to see a mechanic Mm -hmm. and you've got a broken engine. Yes. And the two of you disagree about what to do with your engine. Mm hmm. And now the mechanic is the mediator and they look at one side and say, well, what do you think we should do to fix the engine? (laughs) And then we look at the other side and go, well, what do you think we should do to fix the engine? And neither answer may be right. Neither answer may be right. right. And there may be a better answer for it, but a mediator is there to facilitate the conversation, not necessarily fix it for you. Well, we are giving you some great information on Divorce 101. We get back, we're going to give you some more information about financial support and of course, talk about the most complicated issue, the children in the relationship. Also, taking your call, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. It's streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon in with Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas going over Divorce 101 and also taking your questions and comments at 651-641-1071. Tammy, I see you on the line. We're going to come to you in just a second. Don't worry. So, uh, Deanne, just before we go to Tammy's question, we're um, we're like, can we skip ahead a little bit? Because I think this will make sense once we go to Tammy's question. Because yeah. we're going to talk about uh, children, and that's a really complicated yeah. part of this whole thing. So can we kind of go to that, and then we'll come back to yeah. the finances? A- absolutely. Okay. So where we're talking about kids, uh, if you're doing it right with kids, I often talk to my clients about, you know, we're talking about maybe 15 pages for so- worth right. of stuff because we're trying to ad- adapt to all the things that you've thought about in the past, all the things that we can anticipate you're going to fight about in the future and try to get ahead of all of those issues. Right. So when we're talking about kids, we're talking about custody labels. We're talking about parenting time. We're talking about child support and really a lot about parent parental communications. Right. And how parents continue to be parents while we're living in two different homes. Right. Right. For the best interest of those kids. And that's the primary thing when you're doing that, is trying to figure out what is going to be the best interest for the child. Right, and those are actually defined by statute in Minnesota. Uh, If you look at Minnesota Statute 518.17, the 12 best interest factors are listed there. Okay. No one factor is given any more authority over the other ones. So there isn't a weighted tier system or anything with it. right? No, and it's it's a global look based on these factors about what we think is going to be in the best interest of the children because parents do not have a property right to their children. Right. That's my child. I get to, right? Mm -hmm. It's about what sort of contact and what sort of interactions with both parents are really in the best interest of the child from the child's perspective, right? Everybody loves their kids, but we want to make sure that that relationship is healthy and is going to help that child move on and have a healthy adult life as they as they grow. Well, well, as we are continuing to navigate that particular definition, let's go to the phones first. So, Tammy, thank you very much for calling the Mom Show. Do you have a question regarding visitation? Hi, Tammy. I, hi, um, I do. I'm a grandparent, 
and my adult child is not very responsible, and in the scheme of a divorce, can I fight for visitation? Yes, um, you can. Um, actually, you can do it in the scheme of the divorce. There's a statute that allows for grandparents to have parenting time rights. Uh, as long as that parenting time doesn't interfere with the relationship of either parent and the child. So if you were uh, saying terrible things about either parent to the child, that would be one example. And as long as it's in the best interest of the child. So, yeah, absolutely. Once a divorce has started, you can 100% intervene in that process. The other thing is, is that depending on your relationship with the child um, and how long you've uh, had the child living with you, you may also be able to intervene in a way so as to get some custodial rights to the child as well. Thank goodness. I mean, I really appreciate that. Um, I hope, I mean, divorce is hard, but as a grandparent, I don't want to make it any harder, but I want to be sure I can see my grandkids on a regular basis. And and I will tell you, that is a, a problem that comes up more often than you would think. So you are absolutely not alone, Tammy. Uh, don't feel like this is just you and your family. This issue comes up, and the statute really allows us to take a look at how we keep grandparents involved and important in their grandkids' lives. Thank you so much. Tammy, we'll make sure our Thank producer signing gets your information, and we can get you some follow-up information if you need that as well. Thanks for sharing, Tammy. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we've talked about that before on The yeah. Mom Show, Dan, where we talked about grandparents' rights and yeah. how it does work into the mix. And again, we were already were, full disclosure, talking about the fact that children were the most complicated issue. And they that are, is part absolutely. of it. And in part because... We love and care so much about our kids, Mm -hmm. right? If there was a question about would you step in front of a bus if it was to save your kids, I I can guarantee that for about 99% of the parents out there, the answer is yes. And Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about something that you would be willing to give up everything for in order to protect... When we have parents that have different ideas about what's the best way to protect that child or to care for that child... Uh, it's as if we are talking about something that almost can't be rationed right. with. Because right? it probably, as we talk about complicated issues as you're doing this dissolution yeah. process, is that might be one of the core reasons why you're deciding that you yeah. go through this divorce is yes. that you cannot get on the same page as parents. Right. And so imagining that getting divorced is suddenly now going to fix all the problems that you had when you were together right. is really not the way to go about this. It's a, not about avoiding the problem. It's about hitting it head on and say, okay, this was a problem for us. Right Now we're going to be living in two different places. How do we deal with this problem? And if we still can't deal with it on our own, can we bring somebody else into the mix on a temporary or a permanent basis to help act as a referee and make some of these decisions for us until we can get on to a kind of an even keel and a positive path? Right. And I do think it's interesting. I'm really glad that you said that where they were talking about. um, I remember some of the best uh, advice I ever got about um, when you're going through a divorce process. As someone had mentioned, you have to remember that the person you are divorcing is still the person you were married to. So expecting them to become a whole different person based upon the fact that that's just setting yourself both up for failure. Right. So Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that you're really explicit when we're talking about the terms that everyone has the same expectations. Right. A simple little example is if for whatever reason you agreed that your child's bedroom was always going to be painted blue and one of you is thinking, yes, navy, and the other one is thinking, yes, aqua. Right. Right. From the very beginning, by not being explicit, by not having that conversation, we're creating conflict. Right. And that's what we're really trying to avoid. I mean, a good lawyer in our best uh, and highest use 
is to help people get divorced and hope we never see you again. Right. Right. We want you to go off and live happy, healthy lives without having to spend years in ongoing litigation. Right. So if we're doing it right, we're getting ahead of those problems and creating mechanisms for dispute resolution so that you really this isn't a source of conflict forever. So, Deanne, what are some of the other pitfalls that people seem to uh, come over and or run into over and over again when you're dealing with these uh, parenting and custodial issues? Well, really, people have a hard time understanding a few different concepts. Okay. This first is legal versus physical custody. Okay. Legal custody are the rights that parents have to make decisions for their children. Anytime you sign a permission slip or you're signing for medical treatment, that's legal custody. Right. Most of the time, courts want parents to share joint legal custody because it helps to streamline the flow of information. Right. If both parents can go back to the source to get that information. Physical custody is really more about the daily care and control of that child. And while we can think about that as a possessory interest, a really good parenting time schedule is really thoughtful about not just the the best interest factors, but is also really thoughtful about, okay, what's the reality for this child? Exactly. Right? If I've got a child who is playing hockey four days a week, I might be able to come up with a really specific schedule for parenting time, but it may not mean anything right. if you're going to hockey practice four nights a week. I mean, it's going to get thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. So being really realistic about what you need for this child or these children and not just slapping some sort of rubber stamp schedule on because you've heard it other people talk about it. Right. That attention to detail really helps us to be thoughtful and move forward positively as opposed to just getting trapped by a schedule that isn't going to go anywhere for you. I think um, another thing that seems to come up a lot when I'm discussing things with people is, but my kids want. Oh, yeah. Right. And so how do you help people navigate that? Well, you have to be really careful because as parents, again, we would do anything for our kids. We want our kids to be happy. But our kids want does not necessarily control what we have to do. Right. So there is uh, there's no magic age mm-hmm. where kids get to pick right. where they live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's going to be people out there that say, oh, no, no, I, I know there is. I've heard it. I've heard it forever. There is no age where kids get to pick. Right. And that can be really hard because sometimes kids want to make choices for good reasons. I want to stay with dad because dad lets me get more of my homework done Mm -hmm. or really bad reasons. I want to stay with dad because dad wants or lets me stay out till three o'clock in the morning and do whatever I want. That's part of the reason why we don't let kids pick. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that they are voiceless in this process. Uh, mature kids, and again, that's not based on age. It's based upon their maturity level, who can voice a reasonable preference, have a voice, but that voice is never enough by itself to change custody. Right. So it can be part of the yeah. fa- the, the deciding factors on things. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've had cases before where uh had a really studious uh, child and other parent uh, was not really into education. Mm-hmm. And so it was beyond the issue of this child's choice. It was an issue of how would this child be educationally and developmentally harmed if they continue to remain as much in this other home where their education and academics were not fully supported. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
you have to look at it again. This is beyond just the surface level. Yeah, it's about what the kid wants, but why is it about the kid wants? Because it goes back to what you're saying. What is the in the best interest of the child? Okay. Yeah, and that's really how it comes down to. And it's it's a difficult process because we're trying to balance a number of different things, including the financial component of children. Uh, Child support uh, since 2007 has really been based upon the amount of parenting time you get. And you said that that updated recently, didn't it? Mm Yes. In August of 2018, we updated it. So now uh, the preferred mechanism for coming up with a schedule uh, so that it interacts with the child support formula is to be able to identify an average number of days per year okay the child will be with each parent right which is in reality let's be let's be honest it's impossible right but we try really hard by coming up with different equations and different schedules to try to you know create some sort of a balance of how that looks basically they had to start somewhere and this is where we started now right yeah. I mean, the mm-hmm. idea was is that if we can start looking at it by a number of days as opposed to a number of overnights uh, which is still part of the equation we're really trying to be thoughtful that just because somebody doesn't have the child overnight but had them for 16 hours during the day right right maybe that counts right right and we want to make sure that we're not creating situations where a person who has 6 days out of 14 days is paying $1000 more in child support than someone who has 7 out of 14 days of parenting time right so we're trying to fix those problems as they're coming up um but child support ends up being one of the things that often and ho- sometimes unnecessarily interfering with our ability to make decisions on children. Right. Well, we are going over Divorce 101. We've covered some of those child support and those child custody issues. When we come back, we're going to go back into some of those financial things that we have as well, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about financial support, spousal maintenance, otherwise known as alimony, um, and property division and debt division, and really kind of get into the nuts and bolts as quickly as we can in 15 minutes Right. uh, about (laughs) some of those things. But remember, come in and talk to us or talk to another lawyer to get more uh, specific information about your specific situation. You can get specific information from the folks at Sheridan Dulas by going to ssdpa.com. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on The Mom Show on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Shannon Deanne Dulas from Sheridan, and Dulas is in with us. And we just talk about these scenarios because divorce, it's one of those things that it can be such a difficult road to navigate as it is. So it's very important to get the right resources and the right information just so that you don't have to worry about on top of everything else that you're trying to do as you're adulting through this process. You don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I'm now paralyzed with a bunch of things I thought were going to happen and aren't really the reality. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what is a society? We don't treat divorce very well. No. We only ever talk about divorce when it's terrible. Right. We only talk about the problems. They would never create a reality TV show that showed two people doing reasonable really dissolution. Well, right. Exactly. Right? Would never end up. So mm-hmm. as humans, we are pre-programmed into these ways of behaving because of everything around us, everything we here we rarely hear from somebody who's really doing it well right and so part of what we have to overcome just as human beings is getting over kind of that societal pressure that this is now world war three yes and really focus on getting it done without all the drama and that and it must be a lot of there's no such thing as did you win like trying to look at it like it has to be a competition yeah there are there are some folks out there that feel that that's that's how they do it right and that's not how you're supposed to do it and those people do make this process more 
cumbersome than it needs to be. Right. But we deal with those people and we move on. Right. And those folks that come in with that sort of attitude who think that they're going to take advantage of somebody often find that they are sorely misunderstanding this process. Right. And so we do have some time as we wrap up today to talk about some of the financial and property things that come into play during divorce. So let's start with spousal maintenance. Okay. Big change happened on January 1 of 2019, where the federal government, again, this is one of those few laws that apply to everybody, they changed the rules for spousal maintenance. Prior to January 1, 2019, all spousal maintenance that was received by someone was taxable to you as income. Yes. And if you paid it, it was deductible to you so that you could deduct it. The federal government didn't like the fact that we were saving a lot of tax money by shifting income to a lower earning taxpayer and paying taxes at a lower rate right so now all maintenance that is paid on new orders going forward is not deductible to the payor and is tax free to the person who receives it okay so if you already have a spousal maintenance order in place there are certain ways of modifying that you have to go back to the court to get the court to say that the maintenance you're getting is now going to be tax free okay but for everybody new You get that income, just like child support, as a tax-free benefit. You do not report it on your income taxes. Okay, That's a huge, huge difference for people. Because now we can really much more easily see how is this going to affect your ability to uh, pay for your bills Mm -hmm. and move forward. Right. But unlike... Because you're not being penalized for this. Okay. Right. So we don't always have to factor in all of the tax associated with that, which kept a lot of accountants and actuaries in business. Right. <laughs> no offense. It made uh, it really compli- it, complex. It made it mm-hmm. much more complicated than it needed to be. But unlike child support, there still is no formula that okay. we apply when we're figuring out how much spousal maintenance will be. So we can't say that if you've been married this long and we make this much money, this is what maintenance will be. Right. And it's not automatically you get half or all no. the other things we see on television. Yeah, no, no. It is not an income equalization. It's really right. based upon reasonable need and reasonable ability to pay. But what we and we want to have people have approximate living styles. Okay. But we don't necessarily have to equalize the income between the right. two of them. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Similarly, with all of your stuff and all of your debts, yes. when we're looking at everything uh, to divide between two people, the number one thing for everyone to remember is, is it does not matter who earned it. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom and you have never worked outside of the home during the course of your marriage. Everything that was earned during the marriage, regardless of how it is titled, regardless of in whose name it is, is marital property. Right. Okay. The only way we make things not marital property is if it was from something that was owned before the marriage or was acquired by gift or inheritance during the marriage. But even something like that can be both things. So if it's a 401k you had uh, before you were married... That portion of the 401k you had before you were married uh, is still non-marital. And okay. if you do a really good job of keeping all your paper, all of your statements, which you should. Yes. Uh, we can actually then also give you the increase in value okay. off of that during the course of the marriage. But new contributions in, even if your spouse's name is not on that account, that's marital property. Okay. Same thing with the house. If one of you owned a house before you were married and you moved into that house... That house is going to have 
both marital and non-marital character to it. Okay. Uh, so that as long as you're still making mortgage payments and improvements to it, there might be some non-marital. But simply saying this was my house before we were married does not mean you get nothing. Right. And just to, uh, we had had this question on one of the other shows we do. Someone is talking about how they had gotten the mortgage together. Mm-hmm. And then when they were getting divorced, they were encouraged to just do, like, just sign away the title. And so they thought that that meant that they were no longer responsible for the debt. And then that turned out to not be the case. That is not true. Okay. That is not true because the the title and the mortgage are two different pieces. Right. And so, yes, you're giving up your right to have any interest in the property, but you still are going to be held accountable uh, towards that note uh, if it turns out that. The other person doesn't pay it. Yeah, yeah. You got to be so careful. We with had stuff told like this that. young woman, we're like, we are so sorry that happened to you. That is yeah. not the case. Yeah, yeah. no, and mm-hmm. and some of that is just not really being thoughtful. And again, it comes back to not just fixing or trying to uh, create a system around the problems that you've had in the past, but anticipating problems that can come in the future, right? And getting ahead of them because that would have been a very easy fix if someone had written in you're going to refinance within a certain period of time. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Two sentences. Mm-hmm. Two sentences. And all of that heartache and all of that hardship is gone. Well, before we move on to some other things, we have talked before about prenuptial agreements and those yeah. kind of things. How does that come to play if somebody had had that kind of foresight and had some of these things maybe listed in a prenup? So if you're listed in a prenuptial agreement, if it's something that you own before you were married... That's great. Okay. Now we've got even more information to really establish that non-marital interest. Perfect. But if you've got a prenuptial agreement that now redefines how income is going to be treated. So okay. certain income, certain assets are going to remain my non-marital property as I'm moving forward. Yes. You can do that, but the court at the time of the divorce has the ability to come in and say, there might have been something procedurally or substantively improper with that okay. of how you did it. Um, I've got a, a couple of cases right now where we're having that very conversation about okay. whether or not these prenuptial agreements should be enforced because they were very overreaching. Ah, fair enough. Very, I mean, okay. if you if you create a prenuptial agreement that says you're not going to work and I'm going to work and basically everything that I earn is mine uh, and doesn't create the possibility for any marital property, that's probably overreaching. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right? So we have to really um, be thoughtful about that. But a prenuptial agreement, when done well, really can add some clarity to what that process is going to look like when everything is done, as opposed to creating a secondary fight that you never thought you were going to have. Well, Deanna, I hate to put you in the spot, but we really are going to be wrapping up in about two minutes. So what do we want to make sure that as we're summing up, we want to make sure people know, and I know we'll have to come back to this yeah. again on future shows. Just, just remember that if you are in a relationship and the two of you are married, that there is almost no situation that's going to happen where if you move forward with a divorce, that you're not going to get anything out of it. It does not matter if you were not working or if your spouse is making more. We don't divide property up based upon the percentage of contribution. Um, And if you know that you are going to have some financial need while the divorce is pending, you actually can bring a motion called a temporary motion while the divorce is going forward. And the court can order financial support in helping with paying bills and expenses while the divorce is pending so that you can move forward in a reasonable manner and not be held financially hostage to having to agree to something just to survive. Because a lot of times people probably feel like they're backed into that corner. So they're like, I can't get out of this scenario because... 
I'll end up destitute or homeless. Right. I'll end up destitute or to homeless. I don't have any place to go. He has control over all of the bank accounts. Mm-hmm. He's got all of the income. I don't even know where all of the money is. There are ways for us to assist you in that interim process while the divorce is going to make sure that you can have some financial stability during that process. And most importantly, if you are a victim of abuse, uh, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, leaving the house does not destroy your right to the property. A lot of times people think if I leave that I'm abandoning the home and then I don't get any chance. Right. That, that is so not true. Right. Get out, get your help, uh, make sure that you're safe. That's the most important part. Make sure you give yourself a chance to breathe. Well, yeah. Deanne, we appreciate you sharing all this information. Again, they can get a hold of you at your website, right? SSDPA.com. That's right. And the phone number is 651-686-8800. Thank you for all the wonderful information oh, thank again. you, Shannon. You're so awesome. As usual, you can find us at MyTalk1071.com, keyword mom show. See you next time. Bye.